0: mornings a week we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development, so we figured why not share these moments with you. Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 62. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Kiaga.
1: And I'm Jay Prophet.
0: And we are glad to be here again this morning. Right? Monday mornings. That's when we record. And good to see you, Ruth. I know. we The Super Bowl
2: was last night. Yeah. We were going to see each other, and we didn't. Yeah. Because I got locked out of my school classroom, <laughs> looking at the keys, hanging in the door from outside, and could not get in. Oh, that's just too bad.
1: Wait, you had to say that
2: again? So I walked into the school, unlocked my classroom. Got what I needed and walked back to the car and left those keys. Well, then I couldn't badge myself back into the school. So I was standing outside the glass doors looking at the keys. (laughs) And it was a ghost town because everybody was watching the Super Bowl and nobody was at school. Gotcha. I'm so sorry. So two hours of walking around and trying to find someone, a custodian finally came out. Bless him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're going to, we plan to talk about how Ruth used Prime Climb in her class recently. And she's going to talk about the distributive property, what you have planned, right? you're What you're going to do. And then Jay and I are both working on planning something for I Love Math Day. And so we're hoping to get your ideas. Um, and Jay has something to add in the distributed in the property section that he's been right.
2: Yeah, I'm excited because so, yeah. I always take something. Yeah, to- I might have to change my plans. Like actually know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But- <laughs> so tell us about how you use Prime Climb. Okay, so obviously we are doing prime factorization. Um, I have I started out noticing and wondering about numbers one through sixty.
0: Maybe we should mention, in case someone's just listening to this for the first time, yeah. Do you want to tell what Prime Climb is, or you want me to? So
2: Dan Finkel created Prime Climb, which is a board game that has a really cool board. Mm -hmm. Um, It's numbers 1 to 101, and each number is color-coded to show the prime factorization of it. So when you notice and wonder, students notice that two three five and seven are different colors and then the rest of them are red when you're talking about the prime numbers and so eventually someone's like oh i see the prime numbers are solid Mm -hmm. um and then nine because the prime factorization is three and three well it's solid green per se but it has two sections that are divided um this was the first year that fractions came up Oh. Which was really interesting when they were noticing and wondering because his sections are equal. Oh. So they saw halves and they saw thirds. That's cool. And 32 was fifths,
0: hmm.
2: which was really cool for 32 to be two to the fifth power. So we, you know, talked a little bit about that. So, you know, they noticed and wondered day one. We talked about it. Um, day two, I just made them notice and wonder again. Yeah, because it had been over the weekend from a Friday to a Monday. And I just said, I want your noticings to be more in line of what they were on Friday. Someone noticed something, write something down. So let's get past the there's lots of colors and lots of red. Tell Mm -hmm. me something you remember. Mm -hmm. Um, So then for warm up, they had seen numbers one through 60. So I gave them 61 through 70. And said, can you color these? Okay. Um, And then we, so three days they were coloring them. It was really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just color these 10 or pick four of these that you want to color. Tell me why you picked these four. Tell me how you know they're right. And it was, of course, they went to the solid ones, which is great. If you want to color, you know, 83 because you know it's prime and you can write that. That's great. Were they divided up? They were divided up. Oh. So they saw how many sections there were. Uh, okay. They just had to decide what colors there were. So I feel like they had a lot more of understanding about the board going into it. And then Dan made this really great nine-minute video explaining how to play the game. Oh, I haven't seen that. Cool. So I I didn't have to stand and explain mm. how to play the game in each class and forget something in one class or take too long in another class it is it was, kind
0: of a comp it's not a complicated game but it's complicated to explain there are mm-hmm. a lot of there are a lot of steps
1: I remember the first time I played out I, I, I couldn't comprehend like why there were different colors mm-hmm. and why there were different like the little parts of circles or whatever around it and like you said it wasn't hard to play but I was like I, I could not nail the strategy that you were trying to impart on me mm-hmm.
2: well and, and that's the- why that whole like prior week up to it was I could see that playing the game was not as hard because they had seen the circles and the revelation they had so I, I don't know if I even talked about this but one of the days we built um, pri- we built numbers using snap cubes, snap cubes and, like Tom Gibson's idea on Twitter and the snap cube colors matched the Prime Climb game and so I gave them those They did the numbers as many as they could. And then when I went back and said, here's where you can check your answers. So now they've tried to build six with two and three, and they see that their circle on that prime climb game is the same as their blocks. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely agree that them really having a better understanding of the circles instead of just whipping it out and saying, here's what the numbers mean. and um, But for me, the best part was that they were using it. So they're using the
0: colors to help them with their strategy. Yeah. So
2: you're at 48 and you have a three and a six and you can divide by three and get 16 and then multiply by six and get 96. And that's not something that a lot of students would be able to do. But because they saw that three color in the forty eight. Hmm. they knew that they could divide by green. Cool. Right? It's not like that divisibility rule came up or they were trying to do it, but they were actually, look, there's a little part of 48 that's green, so that means I can divide it by three. And if I cover up the green, what's left is the 16, so there's the division problem.
0: So is that an actual move that somebody made, or you just made that one up as an example? So that was my exit ticket.
2: If you were on 48... And you had the numbers three and six. What's the largest number you could get to? And I was so surprised how many kids got
0: it right. Wow. It was really. And that was because of the scaffolding of the board, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. So I don't know for sure that that was, you know, played that day. But for me to put it up as an exit ticket and say, what's the largest number you can get to and have over half the class. Did you make that problem up? No, Dan Finkel did. Nope. Somebody did because oh. he's got a list of prime climb questions. Cool. So I well, did you use the resources out there. Yeah. Good job. Go, Dan Finkel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the best part for me was as I'm walking around watching the kids play, this s- Josie says, Man, I would love to play this at home. And I just said, Come see me after school. And you can take it home and oh. she's like I can cool absolutely that is why I do this so I'm anxious for her to bring it back today or ask me if she can keep it because you know mom and dad were too busy but yeah. it was pretty cool that she mm-hmm. thought it was so fun and wanted to take That's it home Awesome. so and then she couldn't believe that I would give it to her
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so That's cool we played it at our house before our kids really knew, understood the math but the board allows you yeah. to you know play along even mm-hmm. or even if you never multiply and divide you just add and subtract you could still you know kids can little people can still play it for sure
2: well and that's why um, in one class there were I had teams of four but then I had this group that was just two kids and one of them was really really smart and the other one or I'm not even going to say smart I'm just going to say really good with numbers he just has that like well, you could divide 48 by three and get 16. And, yeah. you know, he could just do that mentally. And I played with them. And it was really fun to watch the two of them interact. And, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Do you want to talk about your distributed property now? Or you want me to t- go? Sure. I'll just
2: monopolize the first half. And okay, then you great. Can t- <laughs> Sounds good. Um, So it's Property Brothers Monday. Mm-hmm. So Drew and Jonathan are going to show back up in the classroom and I've gotten on YouTube and gotten their little like show intro so we watch that and then they're posed with a problem and this week their problem is that they have three rooms okay, that they are doing something to and they need two quarts of paint and th- three pieces of drywall and a paintbrush and each of those items cost $10 each so how much is it going to cost for all three rooms
1: can you say that can you, can you set it up again
2: I can set it up again I need two quarts of paint three pieces of drywall and a paintbrush and I need to do that three times and each of those items are $10 each and after you solve the problem I'd like for you to write the math problem That you solved. So we have this distributive property where you could say three plus two times one in groupings times three times 10. Mm. Or you could three times three, three times two, three times one times 10. And I think what I was most excited about happened in PowerPoint. I went to insert a picture. And just clicked online. I haven't done that in a really long time for a lot of updates. And the pictures were really cool. And because I found them on PowerPoint, when you insert them, then it says, would you like this design? So I have two gallons of paint, three pieces of drywall, and a paintbrush. And PowerPoint is putting them in a design, shrinking the pictures, everything. Hmm. just made it neat. And I didn't have to spend all that time... Lining them up and
0: figuring out how to get them on there. I don't even know what you're talking about. Is that a new feature? Put them in design. Is it's that the word it used?
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a layout. It'll see how many pictures you've put in and it'll ask you, do you want them laid out a certain way to oh, fit the slide better? Cool. It's been around for, you know, a couple of years, but not long.
0: Oh, I don't use PowerPoint ever. You know, I use, if I'm going to make something like that, I'm using Google Slides or Smart Notebook, which is, you know, ancient, but yeah. Hmm. Hmm, cool. So... It saved me
2: a lot of time because I was able to use their pictures. And there's a lot of pictures that you have to choose from. Like the cord of paint just says is a picture from Bear's website that just says Bear Paint. And there's a little copyright in the bottom of it. Um,
0: I got to go back to the math again. Okay. Because my brain was definitely like skipping the times 10 step. And I was just... I'll well, not skipping. So there's two questions because I went back and
2: changed it. So it said, how many items do they buy and how much will it cost? Okay. So even if you use the distributive property to figure out how many items there are, then you can multiply that by 10. But on the next page, I took your advice from last week where it says Drew solved it like this. Jonathan solved it like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who did it correctly? And then which property says both guys are correct? Because that's really where we're getting to, is which one of these is correct. Wait, so when you say who did it correctly, the answer is both? Yes, because one of them did it with the distributive property, and one of them did it with doing what's inside the parentheses first. Okay. Um, And then they're going to actually have a distributive property problem at their seat where they get an index card. That gives them the tile, the the amount of colors that this particular person wants. So they want a red and two blue and a yellow. And you have to repeat that pattern six times. Okay. So now get your tiles out and show it what it is and show how many you need of each color. So they're going to take on their own
0: renovation project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... The part that confused me or that I, that I wonder if it's going to confuse them is that there's really like two multiplication steps, right? Because it's the times $10 for each one and it's the times three rooms.
2: So I thought about it. and Then I was like, but if our goal is to figure out what property it is and our goal is to see there are different ways to solve this problem. I'm going to leave it in. Because the other thing I did was I put a little $10 bill beside each picture. So there's a little $10 bill beside the quart of paint and beside the paintbrush and beside the drywall. Mm -hmm. I know those aren't real life prices, but. I'm I'm sure Jay's
1: ever thinking about You also can't paint a room with a court of paint.
2: Well, it's not a room because the picture I got of the drywall (laughs) is just this like little hole in the wall. Because I did think about that.
1: Um, I was like, I was like well, what kind of tiny room is gonna fit right. three sheets of drywall and a quart of paint.
0: <laughs> How off is are those prices? Oh pretty pretty far?
1: Um a quart of paint is actually probably very close to ten dollars. Um a paintbrush, ten dollars is is a good paintbrush. Um a sheet of drywall, I don't know the cost for a sheet of drywall. Yeah. I don't I don't shop the drywall very often, but I have recently bought a quart of paint and a paintbrush. Yeah. So okay. those those aren't far off.
0: Cool. All right. I'm excited that you're excited about it. You right. Know? So we'll see how it goes. And then
2: I was going to make doodle notes for distributive property because last year I bought associative and commutative. And I sat down and was like, no, I'm not going to spend four hours <laughs> finding bubble letters that they can color. And I just bought. You bought it. I bought it. It caved. And it's it's really high level. Like she she gave she gives you um, the intro to distributive property all the way up to algebra with the variables and stuff. Okay, so I think I might just see if someone's interested, like try this one, Mm -hmm. you know but she did a, I really liked the way she did it cuz it wasn't just take this and put it here but it was a recipe kind of the same idea yeah you need 2 eggs a cup of flour and 2 cups of sugar and you're going to triple the recipe and so you just color it and she has the eggs then she has the and the flour. question is how many items does mm-hmm. she need yeah what are you going to if everything is a cup how many cups are going to be in your finished recipe. Oh, okay. So. I it, It's good. Yeah. I mean, I wish that I could have recreated. And even if I could sketch, I could sketch my own. Yeah. But I don't have sketching skills.
0: It's all good. There, there's a time and a place, you right? know, for if someone's already made the exact same thing that you're looking for, then, eh, go for it.
1: But, you know. You be spend a- your time on other things that yeah. only you can do.
0: Yeah. A critical consumer. And sounds like you are. All right. Um, so are we ready to move on to Isle of Math
1: No, because I've got some property oh, things. Oh, that's
0: right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the pro- The
1: single property brother over here. Okay.
0: <laughs> Tell us. Well, single brother.
1: brother. I'm not single. but Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my brother's not the same. You know, doesn't look identical. Mm-hmm. So two things came up this week that that just struck me as properties. And one of them, I'm not sure exactly what property it is, but it's gotta be one. Um, and, and the other one just, just, I just saw this morning and, I, and it made me laugh. And then you guys start talking about properties and I thought, well, now I gotta use it. Okay. So the first one, this, this week, one of my friends from college um, put something on his Facebook and it was somebody else's. I don't know if it was a tweet or exactly what it was, but he said, he said something about a little known but obvious fact that will make all this feel stupid. Have you seen it?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it said that percentages are reversible. So 8% of 25 is the same as 25% of 8. I must have done it four times before I believed him. <laughs> like different, different options. Uh-huh. So what what property is that?
0: <laughs> it's the commutative property.
2: Right? Yeah. Why are you laughing? Because I said the same thing to Mike. I'm like, that is so cool. And he's like, why is it cool? It's just multiplication. Like, just leave. That's why, <laughs> that's all I have for you. Is just leave because.
1: So it is because you're. It's just like. So, I've well,
2: eight percent of twenty five is eight hundredths. Yeah. Times twenty five. Whereas the down. rest
1: of us people say point zero eight.
2: Right. That's the same as eight times 0.25, which isn't really. Yeah, the that's commutative not commutative. property because
0: you're not.
1: Unless it's eight. Times 25 times 0.01.
0: Well, that's where I was going to go. Is that so? I guess I would say now I'm going to say it's associative and commutative because if you change 8 hundredths to 8 times 0.01, like you said, times Mm -hmm. 25, then you can regroup the 100th with the 25. So that's the associative. You're regrouping it back over there. And so maybe it's really the associative. And not the community if you write if you write it that way, right? As long as you write the
2: one hundredth in the middle, yeah. If you wrote one hundredth times eight, then you the would g- say it was commutative, commutative and. too. Gotcha.
0: And so, the idea being, eight times twenty five hundredths is really easy to do. So, if you were asked to do eight percent of twenty five, you could just think of it the other way.
1: Because I was thinking. Like and that's what I did in my head. I was like, "Well, a quarter of eight is easy to figure out, but eight percent—how do you figure out eight percent?" And and so that's what I had to use the calculator to, to to figure it out real quick.
0: How did you? So you didn't think of a way to do eight percent of
1: twenty-five? I was just trying to prove it to myself real yeah. quick. And I, like my on one hand, I can figure out what like I said a quarter of eight is, but eight percent is not. It's not a div. A div divided group I know quickly in my head.
0: How could we do 8% if we had to do
2: that in our head? I'm curious. Well, 1% of 25 is two and a half. Yeah. So you're kind of doing the same thing because now you're just doing two and a half.
1: Wait, 1% of what's two and a half?
2: 1% of 25 is two and a half.
1: 10%.
2: Oh, yes, sorry. But that doesn't help you.
1: If 1% is .25 and so you could stack them up that way. That's
2: what I was thinking. If I, 1% uh-huh. is 0.25 and 8.25 okay. is okay. two. Yeah. I said that wrong. It's all right. Point. Yeah. Cause it's not two
0: and a half. I was anymore.
1: like, I was 1% more than 8%. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's a good, that's a good question there, JJ. It was all, it was all over the Twitters.
1: Yeah. And I
0: it, it was
2: really fun that it was math teachers who were like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. Wait a minute. I was today years old when I saw I found exactly. out that you could. Yeah. That's cool. Did you have another one? The really? other one, I okay.
1: yes. We talked earlier about last night being the Super Bowl, and I'm still slightly in mourning. I'm sorry. It's okay.
0: Your team lost. I did.
1: But it was,
0: you know, it was a good game. And we it had was, a fun party to go it to. It was a really
1: fun party. So the
0: wait can I just throw something okay, out there I'm, I just want to say to all the moms and dads with little tiny kids it gets better because we went to this we took our kids to this party and they were all big kids and we just said hey have fun and they just disappeared for three hours in and, fact we had to
1: go f- searching for one yeah. when it was time to go and,
0: and it, we just had the best time like it gets better I promise you don't have to like chase them around someone they went outside house. and
1: jumped on the trampoline yeah. they played in the basement they went upstairs they just came back all they without any <laughs> any maintenance from us
0: yeah so it gets better uh, to right. make sure
1: they weren't drinking soda the whole time
0: yeah and they might have Whatever. Really <laughs> okay my daughter off.
1: came out of the house saying, you know what i put water in this coke can i was like yeah sure you did <laughs> <laughs> she probably did though
0: yeah okay go ahead so, sorry
1: um after the game and this and i saw this a picture of, of a similar picture from a previous game but patrick mahomes who was the quarterback for the kansas city chiefs um after the after any soup after any football game They interview the players and and usually, you know, the players have had a chance to go back and take off their equipment and their uniforms and throw on something that is, you know, casual. I mean, it's not like they dress up, but they put on some other clothes. Well, Patrick Mahomes has been photographed twice now in um, wearing a New York Mets jersey. I guess he just likes the Mets. And so the this reporter who follows the New York Mets, he's like a, a. sports reporter put on twitter that the mets just won the super bowl by transitive property because he's standing up there talking about winning the super bowl wearing a new york mets jersey and <laughs> you know i know that's not really how properties work but it was funny that yeah. that's how he how he th- threw that that uh that headline together
0: so what is the transitive property the transitive property says that if a
2: equals b and b equals c then
1: A has to equal C. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. So in this case. So if case, he
1: won the Super Bowl and he is playing for the Mets, then the Mets won the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's
0: that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. I like that use of a sort of math joke in the in the media. Right. Well done, whoever that reporter is. Well,
1: well done, Jacob Resnick.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So ready to talk about this parent workshop I got going on? Go for Everybody's it. Everybody's like, yes, yes bring it on. <laughs> just
1: excited. Just waiting about, about okay,
0: that. Okay. So a little bit of backstory. Um, we're working on year six of I Love Math Day. Go back and listen to that podcast about it if you haven't already. Number 13. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Good job.
2: It was in my memories. It <laughs> c- came out last year. That's time. funny. <laughs> um,
0: and... Uh, the way funding works, we were paying for it out of um, Title One funding, and they sort of buckled down some on the regulations. And they were like, "You can't."
1: Buckled down makes it sound like they were flying oh, wet and wild to okay. start with.
0: So they got more specific.
1: They went ridiculously over the edge with okay. regulations. Okay,
0: that's true. Well, anyway, no- nonetheless, they—if you're going to pay for it out of parent involvement, parental involvement money—you have to really, really show that there's parental involvement happening. And we were like inviting parents and including parents and they were helping and volunteering and everything, but we needed to have a learning opportunity for parents. I, I can get behind that. Totally fine. So this is the third year that during I Love Math Day, we have had a parent workshop. And um, the first year I had a very small turnout. It went really well, but it was very small. And so I felt like I could probably redo the same exact workshop because it wasn't that many people that came the first time like 10 or less so i did it again last year i had some of the same people come and i felt a little like you should have done something different but you know you could stand to hear it twice really the information um so but this year i'm like okay i'm gonna do something new so we've talked about it already on a run about what I should do, and I decided to do something focused on games and playing. Last, My last one was about, like, talking math and, you know, the big idea being don't talk about how much you don't like math or how bad you're at math because that really affects kids, and then just put how to put math into everyday conversations. And we used the um, Table Talk math book as a lot of the um, – kind of backbone for that presentation. It was good. So this time was more about like playing math. And my um little advertisement says learn easy ways to incorporate math into games, playtime, and everyday conversations. You helped me with that, didn't you? Maybe, I think. Maybe. Yeah. So um and I'm gonna feed him lunch, a good lunch from Chick-fil-A. And so anyway, I sat down to kind of plan it because if I wait till the last minute when I've got a hundred other things to do, it's not going to happen. So, um, part of it is <laughs> one of the challenges is that there are varied backgrounds of parents. In my building, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I really didn't want. I could have come with all these great games that are so fun, and you should go to the Amazon or the store and buy them and have so much fun playing. But that would not fly for a good portion of our school. It has to be something that you know they can play right away with no materials. So I knew I wanted to talk about the games that we play in the car that. Are right. just talking, you know, verbal number sense games.
1: <laughs> what? Those are the games that my son or daughter have to reteach me every time we're in the car. I'm yeah, like, how do we, Want play, we that play this game? game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I thought I would start with those three, and I'll tell you them. We've talked about them on the game on the podcast before. One is the in the middle game, where, and I would, and I. Well, let me just say, I would set it up like the whole point of me telling you this is that. These games can go up and down based on what level your kid is and you don't need any materials and it's just fun and play it till it's not fun and then don't play it anymore. <laughs> you know, um, don't don't like we have to play this math game right now, you know, just play. Just try it. So one is the in the middle game where two people call out a number at the same time. And then you have to say another number in between those two numbers until you get, you keep going in the middle of your two numbers until you say the same number. We love that game. In our, and we play it a lot on car trips. And we get all. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Jay's <laughs> like, mm, too much. You know, we get all funny with like negative numbers and fractions and decimals. and But you could just go to 10. You know, you could keep playing with 10. One is the higher lower game where you pick a number and I I've got a secret number in my head and you guess and then I say higher or lower and same thing you could you could go to the you know 100,000s place or you could do decimals and fractions and all that. Um and this is one that we got, I originally heard from Tripp's teacher, when is it big? Have we talked about this one? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, where, so we, you'd say a number like five, and you'd say, when is five big? So five is big if it's the number of mansions that you own, but five is small if it's the number of minutes you get to skate at FunQuest. You know, and the
1: number of pennies you find on the floor.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, you, so then, like a thousand, when is a thousand big? Um, If it's the number of kids in your school, when is a thousand small? If it's the number of grains of sand in um, your sandbox. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Good. So, that's just a fun. So, those are the three that I would start with and teach them how to play and talk about what the math is involved in those you have any comments so far no those are good okay um then i went to the game expert that i know which is who is kent haynes who has the games for young minds website and are you do get his like newsletters Mm -hmm. yeah i just really like the stuff that he puts out um so he wrote a blog post called two-year anniversary in November of 2019. And it was kind of like his things that he's learned in the process of writing about games and thinking and playing games huh. and with his family and stuff. And um, I thought I would like finish the rest with these points and then teach an additional game with each one. So this is the part I'm like, okay, what do you think about this? And do okay. I have the best game choices? So the fun is the most important part is his first point. Um, you know, don't like, Overkill it and and be you know just take the don't take the fun out of it you know, um, and so I thought I would teach the game. I don't really have a good story to go with this one, but I thought I would teach the game Salute, which is where everybody puts a card on their head. Do you know this game, Jay?
1: I don't know this game. Where
0: you would everybody, no two people. All right, the th- if the three of us are playing, Ruth and I would put a face a playing card face out, so we can't right. see what it is. And if we were little kids, you would tell the sum of our two numbers and then I have to figure out what my number is based on hers and she has to figure out what her number is based on mine. And you could also play it with multiplication too. So, okay. so it's just. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's missing. It's division. Mm-hmm. If you are doing multiplication because you're, you've got one of the factors and the product and it's missing add or subtraction if you're if you're doing addition and subtraction. But you have to
1: have a third non participating player. Yeah,
0: yeah. But then we would like rotate. So then at, we'd play for a while like that and then you and then maybe Ruth would be the person who would call out the the sum and we would put the thing. You should
1: try to come up with a, a way to play it three three headed. Um and like, well you two have such and such sum and then somebody like I don't know, play it around so that if you can only see two of them and, and Try to talk amongst the group what the
2: oh for you to figure out yours
1: that one and then they could say what yours was going to be and they could say what yours is going to be
0: and then you could and
1: then figure it out that way so that so that one kid's not sitting there just looking at your head.
0: Wait, hold on. We got to try it. So wait, she
1: said. Wait. That means you need to hold on until she's found some cards.
2: And she knew exactly where they were. Because That's what of, I was going to say. I needed, <laughs> I needed an
0: opportunity to brag that we're in the basement, and I cleaned up the basement so I know where every game is. So I found a deck of cards. I'm so proud of myself. Okay. So take a card. Wait, what are the face cards going to stand for? 11, 12, 10. Third, Oh, all 10? Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we doing addition or subtraction or multiplication? Um... Jay stuck it to his forehead. That, I'm
1: the only one that hasn't that showered your, yet this morning. That means so. Your forehead's greasy. <laughs> which, way, which one's faced?
0: Uh, the other way. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay, wait. Are we adding? Let's add. Let's, Let's try. Add. Okay. So the sum of your numbers is 10.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. The sum of your numbers is 14.
1: The sum of your numbers is 14.
0: So I'm holding a five. Me too. I'm holding, hold on, nine. <laughs> <laughs> But what's the point of having three people? So one
1: person gets, so everybody gets to play.
0: Okay. And everybody gets to practice saying the sum. Yeah. And now, yeah. we both
1: happen to have fives, but that's Let's not Let's play it again.
0: Can we do it with multiplication?
2: Let's try this time with multiplication. Okay. I'm 45 times five. That's why I was like, I'm not going to say
0: multiplication. <laughs> She's holding a nine. Okay. The product of your numbers. I like this math language we're using, guys. Is 30.
1: The product of yours is 40.
0: Hold on a second. I could have
2: told you the product oh. of ours because
0: of him. Yeah, yeah, that's better. So. Okay, start over. Start over. Okay. Because, um, you know, it's just like you. same thing. We're just I know, workshopping
1: this, guys. We're not. Yeah,
0: right. I know that. the first one. I wonder how interesting this is to listen to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, okay, so I'm going to say the product of yours is
0: sixty.
1: Okay, then so the, then I can tell you what everybody's what everybody yeah. has.
0: So that wait, so then that makes the product of Ruth and I forty eight.
1: That's correct. Oh, that's a, that's a good way to put it.
0: See,
2: I mean that's just a different way to play and, it.
1: And hold on, say what? Say what was yours again? You said the product of ours yes was 60? sixty. Yes. Right, your product so I can say the product of everyone's together is 480.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So maybe my point will be the whole have fun and take a game and, and change it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the fun. That can be the fun part that dorky to talk about like no my friends and i were <laughs> i think we should take game. a
2: picture of us so you can show
1: this
0: <laughs> yeah in your wait, presentation. Wait, let's back
1: up yes that's dorky <laughs> yeah i just want to but c- it's okay that. right yeah and yes. this and this yeah and this pop this uh, okay i'll situation. just i'll
0: make this about like if your kid comes up with a different version of it go with it you yeah. know and 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 play it okay um Oh, th- I probably should have switched this actually. Um, okay so the next one is math is about more than numbers and I think his point was that it, you know it doesn't to be a math game it doesn't have to be a multiplication division addition subtraction kind of game. It could be patterns and shapes and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so I thought I would teach them the game of Sprout which it, we read about it in um, Math Playground but we we never played it. Yeah I'm
2: kind of remembering it.
0: Um, And Trip and I recently played it. Do you want me to explain it again or maybe not because it's not very – And it's you you should explain it. Okay. So you start with a certain number of dots. I'm going to have to draw it. You start with a certain number of dots on your paper, and he says to start with three as a good starting learning point. Okay. Then you connect any two dots with a line, and it could be a straight line, curved line, doesn't matter. You just – can't have lines cross over lines. Okay, okay so I'm going to connect two dots, and then you put another dot anywhere on the line you just created. So I'm picture a triangle. I have one side. Picture three dots in a triangle I was to say, shape. That's not
1: a triangle. Okay, safety. picture. Thank you. You're right. I learned this right. a couple years in a book group. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that's
0: right. Okay, picture three dots in a triangle shape. I connected um, two of those, and I put a, a dot on that line now the next now the next player goes and they do the same thing they connect any two dots you can't cross lines and the only other rule is once a dot has three connections it's done you can't add anything else to it okay okay so right so by now putting that
1: dot there you just gave it two connections
0: right by putting anytime you put a dot on a line it's already going to have two, one coming out of each end of it. So I'm going to connect that new dot I draw, drew to the one that didn't have any yet and add a dot in the middle of it. And so we just keep going, adding connecting lines and a dot each time on each new line that you draw until there are no more possibilities to make a move. And like if we keep going and you there are no possible moves because there are no more open dots, then you lose that's the game, and trip profit. Theoretically,
1: yeah. there should always be open dots, though.
0: There aren't because because eventually they all get three spots. Or this is what really happens: is that like they end up on the inside.
1: Okay, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you, know, you may be able to like block them off somehow, right? But there should always be because you're always adding. Yeah, that's true. Points to right? Have yeah dot. every
0: every time you create one with a new with two, like each time there's a new one, with two connections that you would think oh I can connect to that but if there's nothing else on the out if there's not another one on the outside of this design or on the inside of this design then you lose. And Trip Profit just thought it was so hilarious to like make these big, big long sweeping lines and you know uh, like I'm going to go to that. JK I'm going to go over here to this one. Nope, <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to go over here to this one and like make these big long swoopy annoying. And then sometimes I could like weave my way in between his annoying lines. So he, we played probably seven games of it the other night and he won four or more, maybe five I think it was five. It. Yeah. It,
1: he was bragging when I came upstairs. Yeah.
0: It was so, it was really fun. And the math to it, you know, is, well, just counting con- the connections. That's mm-hmm. first of all. Um, and lines, um, shapes, but also, you know, he and Kent Haynes goes on to describe like the theory behind the game and Jay's, Thought of, you know, oh, there's always got to be an an option. Well, no, it doesn't. And 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 thinking like, what's the longest you could play the game? What's the shortest you could play the game? You know, it can get, you could, it could be very fun to explore all that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say that if you have like a dot hanging out over here on the end, you can make like a loop and connect back to that dot, and that would be fine. You oh,
1: know? because then you're giving it its second and third connection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So that's Sprouts. It's it's pretty cool. And it's a good game that...
1: That's what Sprouts is. I saw you tweet about Sprouts, but I didn't know what Sprouts yeah, was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun game that you could, like, play at the table while you're waiting mm-hmm. for something. Much like the game Dots and Boxes or Squares right. and whatever that, whatever that game is, where you just... Oh, you need is paper and pencil. Okay. Then his next point was... Box and Socks. Yeah. His next point was leave a game out on the table and... Kids will just automatically come and play with stuff, and then you've got an opportunity mm-hmm. to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we've done that from time to time. Something is stayed up there on the kitchen table, and it gets played with. Um, I, I think I'm that gonna. That little talk-
1: game that she gave us, where you roll the dice, we play. Quicks. That. Yeah, we would, we would play that at, at mealtime when we said Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Or even Farkle oh. is another one that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, we're th- we're actually thinking of te- Risk Factor. I think
1: is the 10. Yeah. The, yeah. The 10s Tens and,
0: and ones. Yeah. That we played that at the table. I think I'm going to talk about shut the box game because you could theoretically play that with just a deck of cards and two dice.
1: What's I shut think. the box?
0: So shut the box. is it, It's usually like this wooden. Well, we made we made that big one. Yeah, right there. We okay. have a we have a version of it called Countdown right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: we made a single one, like a single sided right. one. Right. Yeah. So,
0: but I think theoretically you could play it if you not theoretically you could play it if you got one through. What does it go to? Nine or ten?
1: I don't know. You're closer. It goes
0: to okay. The version we're looking at goes to ten. Yeah. So if you got one through ten out of a deck of cards, put them face up on the table. And then you roll two dice and...
1: Or the ace through 10.
0: Yes. Thank you for the clarification. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. So, okay. Focus, focus. (laughs) You know what?
1: You can't use a 10-sided dice because there's no 10.
0: You're right. You're using two regular dice in this game. Okay. Okay. You roll them and you find the sum and you can flip over the card that... Is, that's the sum of those two numbers. or you can flip over two other two cards that make that sum. So, so if f- I roll a two and a five, mm-hmm. I can turn over a four and a three mm-hmm. or a two and a five or a one and a six or a seven. any of those options. And you keep playing basically until you there's nothing left to turn over and then your your points are the sum of everything that's left. That you weren't able to turn over and you're trying to get the smallest possible score. There is a rule that I always forget about like if you flip over, let's say, 10, 9, 8, 7. If you you have all of those flipped over, then you can choose. I think this is it. You can choose to roll only one die if you want to. Hmm. Because you can't get a 7, 8, or 9, or 10. So that's why you can choose to roll
1: just what one.
0: you can't or you can't
1: no, it's that's harder not. but you can I mean I roll a two
0: okay I'm, I said that wrong you you don't need to like you you're pro- you want to roll a smaller number so you can roll right so you can take the option of rolling one die yeah
1: okay
0: so it's kind of like you want I mean my strategy is always to try to flip over seven eight nine ten because they're big numbers you get the
1: big numbers out of the way first yeah
0: so that's a fun – I think that's a fun game that can stay out on the table, just the cards and two dice. And mm-hmm. um, and in reality, if you put
2: a pair of dice in your wallet, you could play that at the table, too, because mm-hmm. you could just write the numbers 1 to mm-hmm. 10 and cross them off.
0: Or you probably could – I'm sure there's a app. I think that's actually oh. in Google, right? Isn't there an app where you – yeah, you
2: could totally Google roll the dice and – um, you get two dice and press enter, so.
0: Yeah.
1: But apparently you have to spell it correctly.
0: I, I thought there was like something that you just put right in Google and it would pop it up as, you mm-hmm. know, like how you tell it a 10 minute timer and right. it'll and it just, just pop, the pop temperature up. temperature or something like that. There yeah. is something like that. Hmm. I don't have to look it up. Um. So flip this
2: a is a recommendation because I'm sitting here thinking, I totally could play these games, but I don't think about them. So if each of your parents got a card, a business card kind of size thing that they could put in their wallet, so when they're sitting at the table waiting for their dinner, mm-hmm. hey, mom, pull out that card you have. Let's play a game. Okay. So you just name it and you just give them a really basic reminder of what it is. Okay. But I think it would be something that they could take home and just keep with them, even if it's in the visor of their car or, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're going to give them a lot of information and they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then forget what they are. Yeah. Like how many times have you told me how to play
0: Sprout or Salute? Yeah. I haven't played that, you know. Yeah, that's good. I just I figured it out. If you type into the Google search bar, roll a die, it pops up, but it doesn't look like it's. Uh, it doesn't look like it has two dice in there, but oh, but you can also, roll it twice. yeah, that's true. Roll it twice. It also, if you type in flip a coin, it pops up a coin right in there. So, hmm. um, cool. that's a good point. Do you agree that a business card size is the best?
1: I think it's it is convenient to have with you all the time. I think it's. You know, whether that's kept up with, I don't know that, you know, I was thinking it's small, it's easy to lose, but so is a sheet of paper that, you know, if you fold up a sheet of paper, it's going to look like trash and you'll throw it away. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I was already thinking about something like what that would be. I'm sure I can give them a handout with all the directions on it, but then this would be like the little. And, you quick know, reference. Guy. Let them. Do you want
2: to take two? You can put one in your wallet. You can put one on the visor of your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's good. What?
1: You should give them a, you know, a business card size with all the instructions written on it, and then a pair of reading glasses because it's going to be so tiny.
0: <laughs> I, like Ruth said, just the just the name of it and a quick one mm-hmm. sentence reminder about what and it you is. could print it front and back so it didn't have to be super small. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like it. Good. Thank you for that addition. Okay, and the final one is not all kids love games and that's okay. That's my kid, Adley to a T. She like, every time she will say yes to playing a game, we're like, really? Yes, let's play. She just doesn't like games cause she doesn't like to lose and it pains her greatly to lose. So um, my best idea for that one is to talk about counting collections and just like, if you, you know, if you've, have an oppor- into math. <laughs> yeah. If you have an opportunity to have a bunch of stuff, count how many do you have here. Let's find out how many we have, or let's estimate and then talk about that. Um, I think Halloween candy is great real life example of when it's a good idea to count your collection. Is that the best thing that you guys can think about? That's not a game, but it's still easy to do. Are you got any other ideas? So, I'm I'm sitting
2: here thinking like I know when we played Salute. At that VCTM conference, the whole idea was not to be for it to be speed, but like when the three of us were just playing salute, if we got a point because all of us were able to guess our numbers or like how many points can we get together? Mm-hmm. So maybe that really competitive child would be willing to help you earn points. I don't know. I just, I get that, but I remember salute being not competitive based right. yeah I mean it doesn't mean that Adelie would want to play mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it's just something else to think about if there doesn't have to be a winner if it's like a team
0: challenge mm-hmm. yeah do you have any ideas that we've done that she likes you know that aren't a competition
1: I think the number in the middle I know you already just talked you talked mm-hmm. about it but I think it's one that is it's like you're working together. Yeah. And I think she, I think she's done that one more than the mm-hmm. rest of them because you're working with the other person. It's not like who gets there first. It, it's kind of like as a team, how few a steps can it take yeah. us to get there.
0: Yeah. I'm going to write those two ideas down. So salute. I can, I can mention those. And then I guess the counting collections mm-hmm. would be the number new game one. they
1: do with their fingers? Chopsticks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can't even begin to explain, but they both like that one
0: but it is but it is competition it is a competition yeah um salute and what did you just say um in the middle, in the middle. number in the middle top 6 is do you know that game? No.
1: I don't know how to play. They beat me every time because yeah. I don't know how to play. They
0: they have explained it to me so many times. And every time I'm like, you got to teach it to me again. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me think if I have a hard time remembering the rules, that that might not be the yeah. best one right. to to teach. put on a business card. <laughs> do, you, do you all think that the rest of these are easy enough? I think so. Okay. And that's plenty. I'm not sure I'm going to get to all of those. Because yeah. I really want, I'm thinking well, about. Yeah. They're going to eat lunch anyway um, during this, but I'm thinking about, like, let me teach you how to play the game, and then let me model how to play the game with one person up in the front, and then I really want them to play it, like, each, every game, have two or three minutes where they try it. Is that okay, you think? I think you're going to be able to tell.
2: I mean, it really depends on your audience. Sometimes if, you know, you say, okay, now turn to the person beside you, and you have people who are looking at you like... I don't want to turn to the person beside me, then the next one you don't do that. Yeah. Okay. You just have the person come up to the front and model it
0: with you. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Because
2: what if you had a parent who didn't feel like they could add fast enough or multiply fast Mm -hmm. enough and they Mm -hmm. had that math fear, right? You and I are like, well, anyone can add nine plus four. Yeah. But a mom's not going to want to like use her finger, you know? So you just want to look at your audience and that first how is it the first time? Yeah. You know. What's your first game? Um in the middle. Oh. So I that's a good one to do because hopefully they won't pick a, a giant thousand, number right? like trip
0: does. <laughs> 500 thousand. That's always his first answer or 2 million. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> And and for me, okay, I had to go back to that game. I find it really f- like a good mental challenge to really figure out the number that's in the middle or closest to oh, right. in the middle. You know, and he's he's pretty good at like being reasonable. Yeah, and then reasonable. he jumps to like
1: seven from there. Yeah. And you're like,
0: no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, good idea. I need to I need to make sure, I need to do all the things I can to not make it scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are good no points. scary. Okay, I'm write down the business card idea. Okay. Thanks guys.
1: All right. So
0: we want to end with the fact that I roped Jay into being a speaker at I Love Math Day. (laughs) I have to say, I try to get 22 speakers every year and I went on my run on Saturday and it was all I could think about was how I'm at like 14 right now. I got a lot to go in two weeks. You're two thirds Um, of the way there. Is Miss Joy coming? No, I didn't invite her because we've used her a lot of times and also it's Valentine's Day and you know she's really busy now because she's got all her orders on 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 Valentine's Day. So I didn't even try because I, I could already sense what a stressor this was some in the past when we've invited her. Well, she was just singing your praises because I went to buy cupcakes.
2: Really? Yes. And we started talking about Perrymont and she told me how I didn't look the same at all. I was like, well, your son is 25 years old and I taught him in first grade.
0: Okay, We should wait. We should step back just a couple of steps and say that um, Mrs. Joy's Absolutely Fabulous Treats is the name of a treat shop downtown in Lynchburg. And um, Tarsha Joyner is the owner of it. And yep. she won a... On the TV national cookie competition yeah, and was H- able to. Is it an HGTT?
1: No, Food Network. Oh, Food like Network on the the big game. Yeah,
0: guys. and was able to open this shop and has this fantastic shop yeah. downtown. And she's um, at the very beginning when her shop first opened. She was one of our speakers, or maybe even before it was opened. Yeah, um, and she's come back several times to talk about quilting and baking. And she's also a graphic designer and all. And of that, that is how
2: she opened her shop. She went to Lynchburg College mm-hmm. and took a graphic design class and had to do a big project, and her project was to design a company, and so she called it um, Absolutely, absolutely Joy's Famous Shortbread. Okay. And then she said, after I turned in the project and got an A, I decided that maybe I should expand it to not just make shortbread, so I called it A Treat, and then I taught myself how to bake.
0: That's so cool.
2: Like, you taught yourself after you? And she said, yeah, I never baked before that. Wow. So, and she's also told me that she's going to clean out the back of her shop and turn it into a come learn how to bake. and Cool. Yeah.
0: So, how did, you were in there recently. So, yeah. I was in
2: there recently. Um, I went in on a Thursday and I was like, I'd like to have six of your best cupcakes and She laughed and said, I have six left and these are my best, (laughs) um, which they were really good. So I, you know, was like, Hey, I taught Justin and she's like, Oh yeah. And then you left us and you went to LCA. I remember that. And Kelly Wilt, she left us and went home to take care of her children and, um, um, we started talking. She asked me if I still taught math. And then she said, well, I always go to RS Payne for I Love Math Day. Aww. And I was like, well, Tracy, she was my student teacher. And she's like, oh, my word, I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool. fun to just kind of reminisce because I taught Justin in first grade. Um, and then I taught him again in fourth grade. And I'm pretty sure he was the one who went with me to fifth as well. I forget okay. which group that was. Cool. but.
0: So, no, I haven't asked Mrs. Joy because I know that it's a tough time for her um, to uh, around any holiday because she gets lots of special orders. So instead, I came home with a list of literally 17 people that I had like voice texted myself uh, to ask. And her her
1: pitiful face.
0: Yeah, please, Jay. That is not true. I really was. (laughs) I gave you lots of outs and you're like, I'll do it. I'll do it. So he's going to talk about photography. Right. And we, I told him we would help him plan today. So what ideas do you already have? keeping in mind. These are third through fifth graders.
1: Yeah. Well, the, I was thinking about the math that's involved in, um, looking at when you're taking, when you're using a camera, the aperture of the camera, which is the size of the opening in the lens. Okay. And the shutter speed, which is the amount of time it takes the shutters open. Okay. So, you know, when you, when you, press the button press the the shutter button yeah that's why it's called the shutter button on a camera the shutter opens and closes okay. in that time and then also the the iso or the sensitivity of the sensor we we so there's three there's three things that you always think about
0: okay
1: um and you know back in film photography the, the ISO or the, the, the speed, they called the speed of the film, was set. You couldn't change that. It was either 100 or 200, you know, whatever came in there. But now with digital, now with digital, like we just cracked the technology, mm-hmm. um, you can adjust that sensitivity. The ISO, you can adjust the shutter speed, and you can adjust the aperture. Kay. And so if you are trying to let in more light, you make the shutter speed slower. But if you're trying not to, say, you're to photograph in runners, and you can't make the shutter speed slower because you let in more light, but you also things can move during the time that it's open. And so talk about how they're connected and then mathematically how you can in your head figure, you know, if you want to keep the same same exposure, same amount of light and you need to bring this one down, how much do you need to bring this one up and and things like that to to figure it out. OK, so did you want specifics or were you just looking for that or what's up?
2: So I think, I mean, having such little knowledge of this nice camera that my husband bought for me, Mm -hmm. what if you had some kind of, like, as you were talking about aperture, I drew like a big circle and then I drew a small circle. And what if you showed the students pictures and let them choose whether they think there was a lot of light? Or mm-hmm. a little bit of light. I had
1: talked about, I had thought about, you know, you know, different apertures on a camera and which one lets in the most light.
2: Letting or... them, like even this picture, do you think the aperture was here and here? And and just take it like one step at a time. Because even for me, when I go to like, I'm going to have you learn your photography class. I feel like, just let me do one thing. Like, just mm-hmm. let me look at aperture And not try to have to figure out shutter speed. And so if you do a little section on let's just think about aperture, let's just think about how much light comes in, which one of these pictures has the most light. And then let's talk about shutter speed and show them just different pictures and
0: kind of let them feel like, oh, I got those right. It would be fun if you um, did a little photo shoot with our kids. And so it was Mm -hmm. Adley and Tripp and. Um, like for do exactly what Ruth is talking about. Do a small aperture, big aperture, you know, and they could be doing different things.
1: I was thinking even trying to do something live. Ooh, like I can connect my camera to the to the computer and take a picture, and it'll it'll bring it right up on the screen.
0: Oh, that's cool. And, and if somehow cool. they
1: could either see the screen, or I could you know put on a board or something like that, that you know I can. I can put the camera on a tripod and take a picture of somebody, you know, doing jumping jacks with yeah. a slow shutter speed and it's just, bl- you know, a big blur of their arms and then change it and take a picture of a s- fast shutter speed and it'll, you know, freeze the motion. and something. So, uh-huh. so I, 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 that may be, you know, for me, that's cool. I have not, you know, thought through the completely through the logistics of making it happen. But that's not I mean, that's not a hard thing. How
2: long do you have? Like I how? Long? 25 minutes and 25 you have to do it three minutes. times.
1: Yeah. So. And this way, it's the, a kid in that class. That's
2: yeah, even cooler. Oh, yeah. And so you just say, there are three things we're going to do. All three of them have to do with different numbers. All three of them have to do with math. And let's start with aperture. That's the amount of light that you have let in. And let them
1: have the those the two opener.
2: circles and then do that activity. Like, let's take... Let's take pictures using a different aperture. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things that I'm that I'm concerned about, and this is what I haven't completely figured out, is the numbers that are used don't always, like how you adjust them doesn't always make sense. You're not like necessarily adding like an aperture. <clears throat> you know, 2.8 is a lot bigger than 16. 16 is small, 2.8 is big. So you got to explain that it's the opposite of what, they would think, you know, they think 16 is the big hole and 2.8 is the small hole.
0: What do they, what do those numbers mean?
1: Um, it is, it's like a ratio of, of how much, you know, how big the opening is to the, I think it's to the focal length of the, of the lens. Um, but it's, so when you have, if your camera has an aperture, usually there's a range, you know, what it can, and the, the, Largest it can be, you know, it can be even bigger than that. But you know, most of the zoom lenses I use can go to two point eight. Which I'm, I'm making a circle with my fingers. I don't know that's the size of the opening. But and then as you get a, a larger number, then the hole actually gets smaller. But it's f, f over two point eight or f over. Or they use f slash. I don't know if it's over, but it's kind of like a ratio. So it's it's smaller than.
0: Oh. It's a it's the denominator
1: mm-hmm.
0: which makes your your piece your yeah. your number
1: smaller but nobody says that so it's not like it's and i don't and i would i would want to make i would look at the the specific science or math behind what the, what that stands for but that's that's one thing that's hard to understand and then you work with shutter speeds of one 1/200th two, one two of a second or 1/60th of a second that's not too hard to understand you know stuff like that and
0: you could you could well, that takes out the math. I don't know. Because you could just say my the the diameter of the hole is getting smaller and smaller. So the word the word is more about the shape. The math mm-hmm. is more about the shape and the, how the shape is changing. And if the numbers are too like, oh, this is a hot mess, then just talk about I'm, but then I'm you're shrinking not, it.
1: Then, then there's no – you're not using numbers to figure the math.
2: But I think – I think the fact that it's a F over 2.8 and F over 16, which I did not know. So I just learned that. Is that called the F stop? Yeah. And that goes with aperture.
1: Um, and I think the F is the focal length. I think that's what the F stands for. But
2: And does that stay the same? That's why it's F? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's merit in that math. Yeah. To help a student understand that the smaller the piece is. Mm-hmm. The this. bigger the number.
0: So so I think what I heard Ruth saying is, say we're going to do three things and do all of them separate. Don't really worry about getting them all
2: together. Right, and trying to understand the relationship between them. At this point, I think if you're just going to show them the math and let them see everything a photographer has to think about when he's
0: he or she are taking pictures... Mm-hmm are you going to wait a minute do you want us to pause while you're looking up something no, go or ahead. no are you going to talk about any other i mean there's a lot more math there's math in how much you charge there's math in the time it's going to take you to you know do the thing there's math in like the distance of how far you take the person there's math like how far you take the picture away there's math in like getting people in the rule of thirds or whatever, um, you know, parallel lines, all kinds of stuff. Are you going to just focus on this one idea of the three different ways that your camera works or I don't know.
1: I hadn't hadn't haven't had that much time to, to compare yeah. to prepare so, for this.
2: So and just something else that popped into my head, like photography. My first thought went to the golden rectangle and the three by five and the ratio that pictures come out in because they are pleasing to
0: mm-hmm.
2: look at. Yeah. Because the golden rectangle is a thing from the Bonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right?
1: It is.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One more challenge, which is because what you've described very well could take the whole time. And yeah. especially like, this is what a photographer does. This is who I am. Here's some of my pictures. You know, you, you don't want to plan too much can you can we as a team think of something that they can do um as a practice
1: well one of the things i talked about demonstrating what um and, it, and it's kind of hard to it's not the easy thing to demonstrate but demonstrating the aperture and, and how the smaller the aperture is more is in focus and i've seen um demonstrate and i've done it before um like how a pinhole camera works. It's just a tiny hole in say, you can poke in cardboard. And if I'm looking at something and I'm looking at this microphone in front of me, everything behind it is out of focus. Like you, your eye can detect that that stuff is out of focus. But if you're holding and looking through a pinhole, everything in your vision looks in focus.
0: Hmm. So that would,
1: because it's focusing, it's forcing only the, only the light that is, in-focused and, and get, get making the through to your eye. So
2: even if you gave them a note card and let them put mm-hmm. a pinhole in it, they or, could... Or
1: put a tiny hole in it. I mean, I guess they could make it, but if they would, you know, yanked it and made it big or something like that. That's one of the things I was trying to... I have not tried it with, like, I have done it and, and told the difference, but I would want to maybe try it with our kids first to make sure they can see mm-hmm. the difference. We're
0: just over here trying it.
1: <laughs> it has to be, actually be big enough to see through. But... I mean, I think maybe not the lead of the pencil, but that next little point may could.
2: So if this is my small hole. Oh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That And then you give them. <laughs> so it's a three by five card that they put a small pinhole in one side and then stick your pencil all the way through on the
0: other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How, and how does that change? Yeah. How does that change? Does it look different? Or is, it, is she doing it right? Yeah, that's what you do. And so tell
2: me what this one is. This is the one that everything is clear. It should be. Everything should small... be in focus
1: or, or a lot more. Maybe not everything, but it should be. Right. Lot.
2: And so this one, the bigger one, when I look through it at that telescope, I should see everything else is fuzzy. Or... Well, if
1: you're looking at something close up, you're focused on something close up, but your peripheral vision can see that stuff in the background is out of focus.
2: Okay, so now I'm looking at this screw on the microphone and the blue box and the games on that are out of focus.
1: And then look do the same thing with the the little one.
2: Yeah. It looks I... different? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean it's it's I'm not gonna say it's it is perceptible, but you know mm-hmm.
2: Some students may not see the difference, yeah. but it's still the
0: idea behind. Okay. Well, you got a good start. I think you gotta practice the getting it straight like exactly what you're going to do um but that would be be the only thing to think
1: about is like you know like a a very not simple but like a math problem of there are this many runners and i take this many frames of each runner and how many photographs at the end of the day do i have to look through Mm -hmm. that's a a a painful math problem to do every weekend
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah on average you take eight shots per person and yeah, I think that's, you know, maybe in the beginning when you talk about what you do, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good thing to yeah. put in there. Because it might be one of the only things, I mean, what you're talking about could, can be confusing. So it might yeah. be one of the only things that they can, like, oh, I understand the math of that. Oh, that's multiplication. I got that one. Well, exactly. And how important it is it to
2: estimate, right? If there's 172 runners and you take eight, you're going to probably say a little bit less than 1,600.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Just that whole. This is where estimating comes in real life. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yep, and that, and then how long it takes you to go through that many photos. Yeah, you know.
1: Or when you photograph a race with four thousand runners.
0: Yes. Yeah, and you're like, mm, edit. Nope, <laughs> just put Sweet. them all up there. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a lot of work done this morning. I think. I think we did. Um, we have like. real fast takeaways if anybody has them because it's time to make my smoothie and go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Smoothie time. So I'm going to check out Kent Haynes's
2: two-year anniversary one. I may have deleted that one because my inbox was overflowing.
0: So you can go to his website and it's gamesforyoungminds.com and up at the top he's got archive, board games, free games, and about. And I got it under the free games one, which is where I started for my research. Um, I'm going to say my takeaway is... I like the two things to make sure that I do everything I can to not scare people in my parent workshop and, and really think hard about what to do for people <laughs> who people. are scared of math um, and encourage them and make it easy for them and, or make it manageable. And, and yeah. And then the other thing is to, I like your little tiny little handout idea um, to go with my big regular handout. What's your takeaway?
1: My takeaway is, trying to think about the things I have coming up that are, you know, like the, this presentation for the, the kids on photography. I'm also yeah. presenting this weekend um, whoop, whoop. at a conference all about podcasting in the classroom. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm thinking about some of the things we do here and some of like the, you know, show notes and other ways to share resources. And I'm trying to, you know, take my lessons I learned running this podcast and how I can, in, well, we are that.
2: glad that you could
0: be or that we could be here for yeah. you so you would have something to talk about. Yeah. That's right. I'm pretty it's a big deal that you're presenting at this conference. So, congratulations Thank you. and I hope it goes awesome. He's Is it to college professors? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and he's working with um our friend Rachel, who did come and observe us one time. Oh yeah. Um, Book club friend <laughs> who listened to the book club episode and yeah. was like, yeah, when I kidnapped you and brought you to, the, to my book club, it wasn't like that. Um Anyway, they're, they're co-presenting at yeah. this conference, which is pretty big it's this week. So cool. yeah. hope it goes. I know it will go greatly. Thank and, you. Yeah. Greatly. It's, all right. It's been real. See you tomorrow on a run. It's getting Woo-hoo. so close to the big day. My big race. <laughs> Yay. All right. See ya. See ya.